Hi, this is Rigor, host of Then Is Now podcast, the East Meets the West podcast, and the live streaming show Horror Lounge. I'm here to tell you about a new show we're going to be premiering soon called The Cult Movie Lounge. My co-host is writer and award-winning blogger Robert Monell. He's going to join me on this endeavor, and we are going to talk about cult movies each episode. So, Robert, why don't you tell the folks just a little bit about yourself and what exactly a cult movie is? Thank you for having me on, Roger, and uh, look forward to uh, hosting the Cult Movie Lounge with with you. Now, uh, first of all, I've been uh, writing about cult movies for various publications since the 1970s. Okay, it started out with a, a local newspaper gave me a, a little byline, and I was writing brief reviews of movies at dry movies shown at drive-ins, movies uh, shown on late night on television. And this was before a video came out or DVDs came out or Blu-rays were out. And I really enjoyed doing that. I did that for a number of years. And uh, in the mid-1980s, I started, uh, I got my first VCR and I started to take, rent out tapes from the old mom and pop video stores, you remember. And some oh, yeah. From Blo- some from Blockbuster Video. And I, I got especially interested in not the regular mainstream films or horror films or anything like that. I got interested in films from other countries that were more obscure or that were known as cult movies or American films from maybe the 30s and 40s and 50s, uh, older British films and, uh, and modern horror films from like Germany and Spain and other countries, which were um, kind of strange. They didn't get theatrical releases here in America. They weren't well known by mainstream market. They weren't, um, they didn't get good reviews really, but people became interested in them and started collecting them on videotapes and then on DVD and then on Blu-ray. And a cult movie basically, what I enjoyed about it is I wasn't writing about the same movies everybody else was writing about. Although I did go still to see movies at movie theaters and I still do see movies at movie theaters. You know, I I don't go as much as I used to go, but I still do, and I enjoy them. But I really prefer the the cult movies that I just explained about. I, I particularly became interested in uh, uh, European cult movies, and like one genre I was interested in was Euro spy movies about the spies. They're kind of like James Bond type films with lesser known actors who were doing James Bond type adventures, where the spy would be in a dangerous situation like in a different country in uh, in North Africa or in uh, Italy or in an island and they were they were a lot of fun they just weren't they didn't have the big budget like James Bond but right those were cult movies a lot of them didn't play in the US theatrically and um, some you would find on videotape retitled and they're all dubbed you know and yep. uh, and so some were pretty good some weren't so good but they were a lot of fun an- another cult movie uh genre or a person who was a cult movie genre in himself would be the Spanish director Jess Franco, who I'm sure you might have heard of now and then. And <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, he's a kind of a notorious Spanish filmmaker. He's been making films since 1960. He, he died uh, about 10 years ago in 2013 at the age of 82, and he was still making movies. He made about 200 or so movies, and they're very strange movies. He did a lot of horror films, like his first horror film was the awful Dr. Orloff uh, and showed in the 1960s and that did play in American movie theaters and it was dubbed and it's a, about this uh, strange surgeon who's kidnapping women and 
giving them facial transplants <laughs> and and things like that. It's a pretty gory horror film. It's got some erotic scenes in it. So it wasn't a film for kids, but it it was showed like an adult uh, grindhouse. These were these were grindhouse movies, right? As, Qu- as Quentin Tarantino would later call them, and uh, and that was one of them, uh, a big one. And he made movies throughout the 1960s. He made spy movies. He made uh, uh, more horror movies. He made comedies, all kinds of movies. And I've collected a lot of his films. And I started a blog about him when the internet came into being called I'm in a Jest Franco State of Mind. Won a, a blogger award. And it's still ongoing. I review one of his films or a related film maybe every week or two. And uh, we have a about 300 uh, regular readers. We'd like to get more. And it's at www.robertmonell.blogspot.com. And we'll give you more about that later. And uh, it's kind of a fun thing that I, I can still talk about his films, even though he's not making them, because now they're coming out one after another on DVD, on Blu-ray, and with all the bells and whistles. Um, other cult filmmakers I'm lost to be talking about are like, as I said, you know, spy films, film noirs. I'm a real big film noir fan of the of the 1950s and 40s. Like Orson Welles, who's wasn't really a cult filmmaker, made a film noir, which Touch of Evil, which kind of became like a, a cult movie. It, it got it was cut by the studio, didn't get that good reviews. It wasn't a big financial hit, but now it's considered to be a, a cult movie. It's one of the best film noirs you'll ever want to see. But it wasn't a big popular hit when it first came out in like in 1958 so that's a cult movie uh quentin tarantino uh made his whole career on cult movies he doesn't really make cult movies but his films like pulp fiction his most recent film once about a time in a in hollywood are full of cult movie references they show clips from cult movies lesser known movies and you have the characters talking about these cult movies in his films and so they're kind of like uh he has all these codified references to cult movies, especially in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where the main character goes to Italy in the late 60s and makes cult movies. He makes a Euro spy film, right. he makes a Euro war film. And it, it's a really good movie about cult movies. I'm not a great fan of his. I don't like some of his films, but that one I like because he, he, makes, he made a movie about cult movies. And he's a big cult movie fan himself. He shows them at his movie theater, the New Beverly in Los Angeles. He's got his own his own movie theater, which would be a, a great thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. He, he, he does, he has the money to do it, you know? And, and, he has, he, and everybody knows who he is. So so that kind of explains thumbnail sketch what a cult movie is and the kind of movies we'll be talking about here. And uh, um, I just, um, first of all, there's a Jess Franco film I wanted to talk about that just got released on Blu-ray. And um, Sure, why don't you give us a review on that? Okay, the the one I wanted to talk about in particular was two of his movies were recently released by a company named Vinegar Syndrome. Now, I really would like to recommend this company. They specialize in releasing really, really, very, very rare cult movies, cult horror movies, oh, cult, yeah. adu- cult adult movies, yeah. cult uh, comedies, cult uh, action movies cult black exploitation movies I don't, I don't know if you have any of their uh, any of their releases roger but they're a very good company they, they release oh, yeah. them like with like extras and trailers and 
sometimes interviews with the director, very good company. And they recently released their first Jess Franco double bill, two films, which are called, uh, the first one is called Two Undercover Angels, and the second one is called Kiss Me Monster. They're both kind of kind of comedies, adventure, action films. And they have like a two female Euro spies in their film in Spain and uh, who are running around Spain kind of fighting bad guys. And one, one they're fighting like a mad doctor who's created an army of zombies. And the other, <laughs> and the other one they're fighting, uh, they're trying to get, um, bring this guy to justice. He's like a, a pop art painter who does like pop art photos and paintings and sculptures, but he's actually a, a, a serial killer too. And he's killing women as he's like, he has this werewolf assistant who actually kills women and they become models for the paintings and he puts their bodies inside the sculptures. So they're, That's they're, awesome. they're, yeah, they're very fun movies. It's kind of based on the old Roger Corman uh, film, a bucket of blood. You right. Know, where he had the, the mad killer who like, you know, who did sculptures based on dead women who he'd kill, you know? Yeah. And that's, Jess Franco did a version of it. It's called Two Undercover Angels. In that film, the main character was the killer. In this one, it's the two female detectives or spies who find the villains, okay? And they're uh, very colorful. Uh, they're done in the, but both movies were filmed in 1968. So he films in kind of a pop art style, lots of bright colors and, uh, uh, kind of almost like an Andy Warhol style. Very, very interesting visually. And they were they were produced by Adrian Hoven, this German producer, co-produced him. He was the guy who made the Mark of the Devil films. Oh, which okay. Came, which came out in the 1970s, if you remember. They had the vomit bags. and I have were, one of those. Yeah, you do have one, yeah. okay? I, <laughs> I do, too. And, and they were shown like in the mid-70s, and they were so violent that they were rated R or X, and you had to be in a... 18 to see them they're about witch trials and witch torturing the witches and uh, they were based on like the vincent price film where he played the 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 witch finder you know yeah only they were done in germany they were much more violent okay and i remember seeing them when i was like in my teens and like in the mid-70s i snuck into the theater and they'd be rated like our and uh, they were very violent and very they were very sexy they had like you know they would show topless scenes and uh so th this guy actually produced one of them and produced both of these, Mark of the Devil, part one and part two, and he appears in the second one. His name is Adrian Hoven. So he produced these Jess Franco films. He got together with Jess Franco before this, and and these films I'm talking about, they contain some nudity. And uh, Vinegar Syndrome released, uh, they were released in America as B films, very edited, and they released the unedited Spanish versions, but in uh, German... They release three different versions of each film, and and each version has like extra nudity or extra violence that weren't shown in the American versions. And there were a lot of extras in the film. They have extra interviews with Jess Franco on the. It's like a box. It's like a box set with two Blu-rays, like lots of bonus material, like interviews with Jess Franco when he was alive, uh, trailers, and you get three versions of both films. So it's right. a lot of fun, and it's a kind of. Uh, package that cult movie collectors really appreciate they can see several movies different versions of them some are in english dub versions some of the longer versions subtitled versions which are more racy and 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 that's uh, that was kind of like my favorite cult movie uh, release in recent um, months 
which came out from this company, Vinegar Syndrome. I would suggest if you could go on the internet and find their webpage, you'll see a lot of movies and you'll likely find some kind of genre which you're interested in. It doesn't have to be just Franco or adult films. They got all kinds of films they release. Uh, most recently also, I was proud to say that uh, myself and Rod Barnett were hired by uh, the company Mondo Macabro, uh, a company based in the UK and who also has an American arm. They release Jess Franco films and they release all kinds of cult movies, very, very uh, high quality releases. And they released a, one of Jess Franco's best films recently, which Rod Barnett, another podcaster, and I did the audio commentary for. It's called The Other Side of the Mirror, a 1973 psychological horror film about this woman who uh, has a breakdown and she starts killing men who are, who kind of are who attracted to her. And uh, it's a very intriguing murder mystery about this one character who's doing these very things and nobody knows she's killing these men and are just falling victim to her. So it's very well done, very strange, very interesting. And Mondo Macabro finally released, this is the first time it's ever been shown in America. And now it's out on Blu-ray. It's got our commentary on it. It's got all kinds of extra material on it, like uh, uh, which are which is an interview of one of the actors, etc. So we're very proud to have done that. We have, so one of the things I also do is I do audio commentaries for companies like them or Severin Films sometimes, who also really cult movies. But uh, but I do a lot of work like that also besides my internet blog and besides. I have a few internet uh, groups where we talk about cult movies also. And you find other people who are interested in the same movies you're interested in. And there's, and there's all different kinds of cult movies. As I said, there's European spy films, there's Italian uh, mystery films, there's Italian crime films, all different kinds of movies, film noirs that you can be talking about. So we're going to have a lot to talk about in our podcasts. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, there's so many. It, it just cult movie encompasses quite a wide range of films. You know, a lot of them are considered exploitation films. A lot of them are considered grindhouse films. Sometimes that's kind of interchangeable. Yes. Um, but all right, I have a question for you. So uh, by your criteria of what you laid out what a cult movie is, it's basically a movie that didn't do well at the box office, wasn't very well known, and got poor reviews for the yes. most part. Okay, Basically. so so my question is, um, there's a couple of big Hollywood films that I feel fit that criteria that have cult followings, namely right. uh, Blade Runner and right. John Carpenter's The Thing, both of which fit that criteria. They did poorly at the box office. Um, right. You know, The Thing got panned by the critics. Right. But uh, Blade Runner, I think, got good reviews, but neither of them made money. So would those fall into something that yes. we would eventually talk yes. about? Yeah, even though they're bigger budget or Hollywood films and they have well-known actors like Kurt Russell's in one and the other one Harrison was... Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford and the late Rutger Hauer was in it. That Blade Runner did not get... It got some good reviews. A lot of people didn't like it. Some people liked it. Some got some rave reviews. But yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a commercial hit at all. And it took like decades for, you know... You know the part two to come out. You know what I mean, which yeah. is also which is also pretty good, and also got mixed reviews, and uh, and wasn't a, I don't think it was that big of a hit. Uh, so in other words, a, a, a cult movie can also doesn't have to get all bad reviews. You can give mixed reviews and just doesn't perform at the box office. Like Once Upon a Time in America, or Quentin Tarantino film. That one of his films will make like hundreds of millions of dollars all over the world, 
and it usually gets a majority. It's usually got generally rave reviews, very good reviews. His films aren't really cult movies, but they have references to cult movies that contain cult movie clips in them a lot, okay, or cult movie characters named after cult movies. Oh, yeah. But they're not cult movies. Uh, yeah, so Blade Runner and The Thing, both cult. I went to a cult movie festival here where I live a few years ago, and they have a, an old Grindhouse Theater, which they reopened, and they, they showed those as midnight. They showed The Thing at a, as a midnight show, you know? Nice. And they also showed The Phantom of the Paradise, a Brian De Palma film. Oh, right. nice. That, that, that was a cult movie. It wasn't a big hit, that big of a hit. It was maybe too weird for to be a hit and didn't make that much money. Got didn't got mixed reviews. That's a cult movie, okay? Yeah. And so, uh, whereas Carrie, that was a big hit and got all good reviews. That's not a cult movie, okay? Right. Another another Brian De Palma film. So yeah, uh, the kind of movie we're going to be talking about something you might not have heard of or or said, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember hearing about that, but it wasn't a big hit. Some reviewers really panned it. Some reviewers really liked it. And after a while, after ten or Usually, a cult movie's been around for ten or twenty years, and then, and then finally, it becomes a cult movie. It's got a cult movie following. Right. People are talk. People are talking about it. Okay, and uh, they're they're buying. It's coming out on DVD or Blu-ray. People are saying, "Yeah, that that was a lot better than I, than they said it was, and it should have been a big hit, but it wasn't." Right. So the difference then uh, between a mainstream film and a cult film, aside from the criteria you laid out, is. I would imagine it's also the fact that, like we said, for example, Blade Runner has a cult following, which means uh, it's a select amount of people. It's not It's not like, for example, let's say the first Superman film with Christopher Reeve. Everybody no, no. loved that movie. No, everybody loved that movie. Everybody you heard of it. it. Yeah, everybody, every, it's a very well-known movie. Everybody heard of it. Everybody loved it. Blade Runner, everybody, people heard of it. They not everybody went to see it. I remember. I remember when I saw it when it first came out in '82 or '83. Yeah, I went and the theater wasn't exactly full. I mean, there was like maybe about like thirty or forty people in the theater. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, there wasn't that many people in the theater, and you could tell they were all like science fiction buffs. They had like you, you could just tell they were more like movie buff types. Right, right. And and it wasn't. And it only played at local theaters maybe for a few weeks at the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it didn't hang around forever. You know, it was a. And it was a cult movie, like A Clockwork Orange. That was a big hit movie, got a lot of good reviews, some bad reviews. But that really isn't a cult movie. It's too. It was too well regarded, and and too, um, you know, it, it made a lot of money. You know, right, right. In Blade, fact, Blade Runner did not. You know, I saw Blade Runner in the theater when I was twelve. My parents took me to see it, and I loved it. I was blown away. I mean, it was right. just, it was just candy for the eyes. Right, right. And, you know, what's funny, I, I don't want to get too much on a tangent here, but I just recently watched a movie, and if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's, it's called Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, I saw it. That's oh a cult God. movie. That, yeah, I was going to say, that's that. if it's not a cult movie now, it's going to be, because that movie was not only, the story was great, the acting was great, it had Tom Hiddleston and Til, Tilda Swinton and John Hurt. Right. But it was visually, I could not take my eyes off it from beginning to end. And I watched it three times in a row, like within the span of three days. <laughs> and, and that's a movie, I mean, that didn't get released to theaters on a wide scale. I mean, it didn't. I, I live in a small town in upstate New York. It didn't get released in any movie theaters around here, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so right. if, a, if a movie doesn't get a release, if a movie does not get wide release, at least Blade Runner got wide release. That movie did not get Got maybe got released like in Los Angeles or New York for a few weeks, but didn't get re wide release. Now the average person probably hasn't even heard about it, or they'll say the title is kind of unusual and odd, and it didn't get a lot of rave reviews. And I just happened to see it um, 
it had been out for a few years. I just happened to see it online. I forgot, I forgot how I even saw it. I mean, I just I watched just it on Tubi. It so yeah, yeah, okay. I watched it on one of those streaming services for yeah. free, and it just and it just boomed. I said, "Oh my God, it's what a great movie!" In fact, it was still on Tubi. I might even rewatch it tonight. Yeah, that's another thing about <laughs> that, that, that. That's another thing about cult movies. You can watch them over and over again, and you know they tend to have good. Uh, they, they tend to have good staying power, and they tend to reward revisits. Okay, right. They, or repeat viewings and yeah I, w- I would definitely want to, i only saw it once and i said boy that was great i had no idea it was so good you know yeah yeah so yeah that's definitely a cult movie highly recommended <clears throat> sometimes i'll like go out and if i find a blu-ray but i'll go out and buy it on blu-ray you know? right hey so all right as we wrapped up the sneak preview of the cult movie lounge i have a question here actually um do you still have all the written reviews that you did from way back in the day, like in the seventies and eighties? I'm, I'm trying to get top. I've uh, I've got all the stuff that I've that's on the internet. Okay, I've got like files and files of internet stuff that I've saved. But and I, I've saved my stuff that I've written. I used to write for fan magazines. Okay, back yeah. in the eighties and nineties, like European Trash Cinema. Another one's called Blood Times, and I've got a few issues of those magazines, but they're kind of like falling apart. I've got them in storage. I got them, <laughs> in, you know. I've got you know. They're, so yeah. So no, I don't have some of the older stuff. I've recently. He's retired now. The editor of this paper he used to write for in the nineteen seventies is uh, looking for older issues of my stuff, and so I'm trying to get that stuff. You know, it's uh, nowadays everything is on the internet. If it's not on the internet. It doesn't exist, you know. Right, right. Well, I just, just, I was just thinking we could do it as a, um, a segment, uh, maybe every episode where maybe you pull out a quick review and read it from back in the day, and you know what? We'll talk off mic. I can, um, I can, I do a lot of research in newspapers online, and um, if if the paper itself is scanned into like newspapers.com or newspaperarchive.com, I'll probably be able to find it, and you know maybe we can piece together a lot of these yeah. old reviews. Yeah, that the, you did. The, the editor told me they didn't really digitalize it and scan it into a lot of places, and he said that he's going to have to look for hard copies himself. But who knows? Maybe you'll be able to find it. I don't know. But once again, sometimes you have to do a little more searching. Right. The, the older it is, the harder it's going to be to find stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Robert, can you, uh, as we wrap this up, can you first of all tell us the name again of the Blu-ray uh, that you did the commentary on and the specific films? Yeah, um, the the Blu-ray is a, it's been released by Vinegar Syndrome, so you can find it on their webpage. Okay, and it's a it's a Jess Franco double bill of Two Undercover Angels and Kiss Me Monster. Those are the titles of the movies. They're kind of odd titles, and you just see them on the front, and they have like a, a picture of a go-go dancer on the front, very colorful cover, and that's the Blu-ray. And once again, you might want to look on the Vinegar Syndrome website. I believe that you can order it there on Blu-ray, and they, if they still have copies left, I know it's, it did sell a lot of copies. Jess Franco has a lot of fans now in the U.S. due to the Internet. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so, um, well, this has been awesome, Robert. Um, why don't you give out your website again for the listeners? Okay, so, uh, I have a Jess Franco blog. It's called I'm in a Jess Franco State of Mind. You can find it on this www.robertmonell.blogspot.com. That's robertmonell.blogspot.com. 
Awesome, awesome. And in, in this in this review, which I just talked about, that's the most recent review up there. Excellent, excellent. Well, I think the fans are going to love it. And you know what, folks? If you never heard of cult films, or you don't know what they are, or you know you're curious, we please we want you to tune in too. It's is going to be an education about cult films, not only just talking about them. Um, but really kind of we'll be delving into a lot of the background of what was going on in the at the times these films were made. Um, and we're going to give you a lot of details, so you're going to love it. So we'll be posting everything on social media, and we'll let you know when the Cult Movie Lounge officially premieres. Uh, for now, if you want, folks, if you want to just check in to havenpodcasts.com, um, it'll, it'll keep you up to date on when the Cult Movie Lounge premieres. And uh, that's it. We're going to put all the links that we told you about in the show notes so you'll be able to check those out afterwards. And, and we're hoping to see you at the premiere of the first episode. Thank you very much for joining us today. shows like the one you just heard check out the dorkening podcast network at the dorkening.com